Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 142. Hey, this is Fallon Zoe from Lady Tribe. And if you want to grow your tribe, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Fallon Zoe. Fallon has grown her online following to over 31,000 in less than one year and created over 200K in 18 months, all from a business that never existed prior. Her main gig is teaching women how to grow their businesses on social media without using any advertising. Fallon, welcome to the show. Super stoked to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? Thank you, Travis. Well, number one, I am definitely most excited about creating like new interest into this whole world that I didn't even know existed prior. 
and getting exposure for the realization that you can grow a business solely through word of mouth and that people are starting to really truly believe in that concept and it's picking up traction. So that's absolutely what I'm most excited about. That gets me fired up every day to be able to prove that that point that it can be done. Cause there's a lot of people that tell me that you can't scale that. Yeah, totally. Have you always been like that? Have you always been kind of like, uh, I want to prove people wrong. I'm you have like an entrepreneurial spirit type person or were you more traditional quote unquote before, or how did that transition come about? So I've always been kind of, well, I'm a high school dropout and I was a single mom at 17 and everybody told me if I was, you know, high school dropout, single mom, I was going to be bagging groceries the rest of my life. So I've always had to be pretty bullheaded (laughs) of (laughs) like, let me show you. Right. (laughs) So I always had to kind of like bulldoze my way through life. I didn't know how I was going to get traction on success, but I knew it was inevitable And I knew there was something bigger for me. I just didn't know what. Do you feel like that friction helped you or hurt you? Like the whole like people not believing in you thing. Did that, was that kind of like a, that's a motivating factor for me? Or was that kind of like, man, it would be really helpful if you guys would just like believe in me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a motivating factor. Like the friction, absolutely. It was the fear that they might be right, that I had to have that driving force to make sure that they weren't. Yeah. Because I don't like being wrong. <laughs> and so that w- it was definitely a driving force forward to be like, Hey, I can do this. Like, watch me. I'm not going to be a statistic. So then what was your first step in that direction? Uh, first step in that direction was always looking for opportunities, always keeping my eyes out. And no matter what I was doing, always putting in a hundred percent, even if it was a job that I disliked, I knew that it was just a matter of time and it proven throughout my life. Like if I just always applied myself, no matter what the project was or the crummy job or school project, whatever it was that I would always put in a hundred percent, because I knew that if I had the right attitude, if I put in a hundred percent, the right people would take notice over time. And so I always made sure that I always stood out no matter what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So then always seeking out opportunity. What was the first opportunity that came where you were like, all right, I'm going to get in. I'm going to, I'm just going to like do my best. I'm going to crush this. So, uh, the first time that I moved away from home, (laughs) first time I moved away from home and I was 20, 21 and I had an opportunity. A friend of my dad said, Hey, we're start. we're launching this brand new Western boot company out of all things, come to Texas and take over the whole state of Southern state of Texas. And that'll be your territory. And that was like a a big opportunity for me to get out of my pond. That was my chance because I always wanted to move away, but I just didn't know. Like I wanted to get out of my little bubble, but I didn't know how to start or like what, because I was on my own. So I was like, this is my chance to be able to get out of my bubble and to start exploring the world. So that was really the first thing and getting out of my comfort zone. It made me get out of my comfort zone on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was a question I was going to bring up. If you didn't already start talking about it, I was just going to ask you that specifically, if there was ever a time where you changed your environment to make yourself better. And this is something that I feel is not talked about enough because most people don't ever do it. There's a lot of statistics about it. I'm not going to say any of them because I'm not going to get them totally accurate. (laughs) But basically they're saying that too many people stay where they were born and raised and never get out of that circle. And a lot of them don't even travel to other places, let alone live other places. But to me, there's always been a direct correlation between my personal growth and a big change in my life. When I got married, that was a big change in my life. It forced me to grow into a different person. When I moved 
the, for the first time out of my hometown made me a different person. When I moved back to my hometown from the place that I was because of some family things, then that was another time. And then now moving now to where we live in Vegas, like this past six months, seven months has been some of the most growth I've ever gone through in my life. And I'm so happy that you brought that up because here's the thing right here is that your environment is what controls who you are, right? Mm -hmm. But here's where people get it wrong is that they don't realize that they control their environment. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, you control your environment by your attitude. Kind of like what I was saying before is like always putting no matter where you are, if you shine the brightest, like people are going to take notice. Hmm. And that's how I would always control my environment. It could have been a crummy job. Like I've been, I was cleaning out dog kennels, you know, Hmm. and I would always be the happiest, brightest, smiling person there. (laughs) So I would always control my environment by my attitude towards everything. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to... that. Everybody was excited to see me, not like, oh, she's here now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were willing to move where the opportunity was though. Like that, yeah. that's all like, so when you're in the opportunity, you're controlling your environment by doing your best, no matter what anybody else has to say about it. But you also put yourself in that opportunity to succeed because you were willing to leave a place where most people wouldn't be willing to leave. Right. So I'm from a door to door sales background and been there. A, yep. Okay, cool. There's a lot of companies, door to door sales companies that exist Basically, they sell only during the summertime. They have like a four or five month summer program. And all they do is they go to a college campus, they recruit students out of that college, and then they send them to a different state. There's a lot psychologically that has to do with the fact that like if you are switched from an environment and put into one that you're not used to, like you're just automatically more productive. Like there's fewer distractions and you can focus and you can take leaps forward and become a better person. And man, I just feel like that's so underrated. So I'm so happy that that's something that you have seen value in and took action on in the past. So you moved to Texas. What happened with that opportunity? Because you're obviously still not doing it. (laughs) Well, I, that was door to door business, business to business, um, selling boots wholesale. And I did that for about nine months. I didn't make a whole lot of money. I wasn't really set up for success and there wasn't a whole lot of way for me to generate income from that. Mm -hmm. I more so just jumped on it because like you said, it was, it was that thing that was going to get me that my opportunity to get out. Right. And so I just grabbed it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be long term. I'm just doing it. Okay. And so I jumped off the cliff. And then so from there, actually, I met my now husband, Glenn, while I was doing that business. And okay. we've been together now almost 10 years, 10 years in October. Okay. And so he and I met while I was working that job. And he kind of asked me, he's like, what are you doing with this whole boot thing? Anyway, I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted to get out of... <laughs> that environment. And I was like, I don't know what my next step is, but you know, I'm open to other things. He's like, well, what do you like doing? At the time I was like, well, I really like making jewelry. And he's like, okay, well, why don't we turn that into a business? And I had never really had my own business before, like actual business other than a hobby. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. And we, I mean, obviously we started a relationship and we started that business together had that for five years. We opened up 2,500 retail accounts across the U S more business to business. So similar to the boot rep, we called on boutiques and store owners across the US and we drove to all of those locations. For about three years, we lived in our car and hotels and we drove to every single business, 2,500 accounts. Wow. That was a massive learning experience. Talk about like just walking in a door to a business and walking out with a check for potentially $3,000, $5,000 an hour later. Yeah. That was a huge learning experience. Oh, and <laughs> all I did was walk in there with my little roller bag of jewelry samples. Mm-hmm. And they didn't keep any of the jewelry. I showed them the jewelry, the samples. I did not have a website. 
I didn't even have a Facebook page. All I had was my shining face. And here I got this roller bag of jewelry. Give me five grand cash based on <laughs> a check. I cashed it on the spot too. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks, I'll mail you your jewelry. Right. <laughs> this is the stuff that I really like because this is basically <laughs> my background, door-to-door sales. Like you, you're walking into a place that's not expecting you, right? Mm-hmm. There, you're trying to convince them to get a product that they've probably never even thought about before. Right. And then, so you have to like create the need. So that's the difference between that type of sales and like warm sales is a lot of those warm sales people are selling to people that already know they have a need, right? Or else they wouldn't be reaching out. They wouldn't be a lead. They wouldn't have put their information in the opt-in form or whatever. You know what I mean? But with door to door or business to business like that, like you're talking to somebody and you're trying to convince them that, look, this is something that you need, first of all. And then second of all, I happen to have a solution to that. So check it out. And then you walk away with a check and then there's no better feeling or for me, a signed contract. Like there's no better way, no better feeling than like walking out of a house with a signed contract, knowing that you just pulled that off. And it's not in like a sketchy salesman kind of a way, but like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a real valuable product and they probably would make money off of your jewelry. But just most people don't have the fortitude, the mental fortitude to try it. And then also the skill set knowledge to be able to close the deal and make some money off of it. So really, really cool. So you're doing this for a while. And then you're like, hey, we want to plant somewhere and start working from home, basically. Or when did you start getting into network marketing? Yeah, we moved back to Washington. So Glenn and I moved back to Washington. My son lives with his dad up in Washington State. And he was... you know, I was like, okay, maybe like we've been traveling all around and doing all this stuff. Maybe I need to move back to Washington and be like a mom mom, right? And I, I was really listening to a lot of people that, oh, like you don't have full custody of your son. Like, and you know, just that preconceived notion that I'm just like a horrible person because I didn't have that. And so I started like believing this whole thing that maybe I shouldn't be this entrepreneur person. Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, following these aspirations that I have. Maybe I just need to be the mom. And so we moved back to Washington state. We got a house there and for two years we stayed there and we didn't know, well, like we had, we sold the jewelry business so we had, you know, like a little bankroll to be able to live off for a little while, but we're kind of sitting twiddle on our thumbs. Like, what do we do next? Like, what's our next project? What can we do from here now? Mm-hmm. Cause we're not traveling all over the place. And right. we got a phone call from a friend of ours. I said, Hey, check out one of these things. It was a network marketing business. It made a lot of sense to us because it wasn't product based. It was service based. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll check this out. We did. And we got started on that. We were with that company for Three years had moderate, you know, pretty good success, definitely way above average, but we were back in the same route of driving all over the God's creation again. Right. Going to home right. meetings and all this stuff. Of course. Yeah. The doing so, the traditional network marketing grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then next part of the story, when does that start coming in? We start doing what the things that you're doing right now. Did you go to another company first or what? Yes. Then after we were in Washington, you know, like the whole family thing, we're like, okay. What we and I had this realization of like the best way to get my son to see that there's more opportunity beyond this hometown thing is to pull him out of the mud, not jump in the mud with him. Hmm. And Hmm. that's when I had to have that really hard choice of okay, we need to move away because I wasn't showing him a bigger and better life. I was just moving back to the small town where I grew up. Right. And I was like, well, after it took me two years to figure that out. (laughs) So So we moved back to Texas. Mm-hmm. And we started, we switched to another network marketing company that was locally based there in Dallas that made a lot of sense to us. Mm-hmm. And during that time, we had run into on the internet, somebody that was with the previous network marketing business, and they were do every, doing everything online through social media. 
And this was two years ago. And I'm like, wait a second. They were in the same company that we were in when we first started network marketing, where there was no internet, nothing, only traditional like network marketing, you know, home mm-hmm. parties, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're doing everything on social media. They had a hundred live viewers sitting there in their kitchen just hanging out. And I was like, what in the world right. is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait a second, I know them and they're not that much different. Like they were basically at the same level as we were in the previous company. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a second. So I started stalking them on Facebook and <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people do, right? I started stalking them a couple months go by, like absorbing and applying every single thing that they did. And I'm very like super intuitive, especially when it comes to sales, right? Like door to door, like you're talking about. You learn how to like read people and you learn from people's actions of like, what's the next step? What are they doing? How are they doing this? You Mm -hmm. know, that type thing. And then they started this video challenge. I was like, I'm in. If they're doing this and they're doing this full time and they're doing it all through live video, like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I do this? So it was a free challenge. I jumped in and that got me started in this whole building this tribe and this presence online now. Really cool. So you and I were talking a little bit about this before we hit the record button. I came on your show in your Facebook group, I don't know, about a month ago now. And I was telling you a little bit about this before, but I've been in probably over 30 shows now. And your audience is one of the most engaged audiences that I've been able to be a part of. And that's something that I really respect because like we were talking about, engagement is the most important thing. And I'm blessed to also have an engaged audience. And I know the work that it takes to put into that and how much, how many hours go into creating just really high quality content for people to consume totally for free. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to do something that most people don't do, even if they pay for it and how you were able to do that totally for free. Yeah. So when I started doing this whole like social media marketing thing, I was told my husband like, Hey, I want to start looking into this social media thing. What do you think? And he's like, how much does it cost? And I know my husband, if I can tell him that it's free, I can do it. (laughs) Like no questions asked. He asked me like, how much does it cost? And if I can say free, he's like, whatever, like go do your thing. So I had to come up with a free version (laughs) of what I wanted to do. So I know that's always the answer, right? Like ladies, if you're listening, you can probably relate to this a little bit. Maybe husbands too, right? Totally. (laughs) Like, okay, so how do I do this whole thing? And how do I do build this for free? Like I can't buy any of the trainings, can't do all that stuff. I just got to figure this whole thing out and I got to like watch and learn and apply. So I just started like really applying that part and where it really came into... The first video challenge that I did with this couple, you know, I had moderate, I came in second place in their video challenge and all this stuff. But what I realized is after the video challenge was done, my engagement tanked because I was just networking inside of this little bubble of other people who were doing the video challenge. Mm -hmm. We were all just liking and commenting on on each other's stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, I had this like little bit of a surge of like activity and all these people are watching my stuff. And then now that the video challenge is done, my views are down to like a hundred and I'm getting like 30 comments. What the heck? So then a second video challenge came around a couple months later. I was like, this is going to be different. And I figured out the deciding factor of like the growth is getting outside that bubble, kind of like going, you know, moving to another place. You got to get outside that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I had to start networking. I wasn't able to run ads because, you know, money, budget. Right. Yeah. 
So couldn't run ads and I wasn't able to like go to seminars and do all this stuff and do networking in person. So I was like, I just got a flat network on Facebook and meet the people and right. I got to attract them to what I'm doing. This is why I like this conversation so much. And this is why I wanted you to come on the show because I think people underestimate what it takes to be able to get to the position where you are currently. So now you've built a really cool business. You've made a few hundred thousand dollars in the last 18 months from creating this online following without spending any money in Facebook ads, which is incredible because most people, when they start something like this, their knee-jerk reaction is to just throw money at it, right? Like, hey, well, if I just spend enough money in Facebook ads, then I'll be able to get some people following me. And maybe they might have made a couple hundred thousand in the last 18 months, you know, like you have, but they probably also spent a couple hundred thousand because they're trying to cut corners with their content. Right. Right. So can you talk about how important it is to provide quality, consistent content to your audience? Yeah, it'd be like driving a hundred people to a deserted ghost town. You know, if, if your content sucks, they're just gonna leave. Like right. you just created all this traffic and then they see tumbleweeds floating across your business page. And it's and so you need to have the life. You know, my theory is have the life. And then if you want to run ads, now you're just bringing more people to your already happening party. And right. if you can't, here's another I tell people all the time like, if you can't attract people to your content for free, how are you going to attract people to your content when there's money involved? Exactly. If you can't make money without money, how are you going to make money with money? And that's a concept that I try to tell people all the time. Like, that's why I like the profit first concepts. You know what I mean? Like, what you're doing, you put in a lot of work and then you see results and then you charge. And then you take that money and reinvest it into the business. And there's so many people that do it backwards. And they're just like, well, if I get you know $25,000 in debt in Facebook ads, people will start following my stuff. It's like, no, because there's you know 100,000 other shows out there that have done that and are probably better than yours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you're competing with the Tim Ferrisses of the world you know, and the Joe Rogans of the world, then you got to do something that makes you stand out a little bit. And if your content is like always... Uh, subpar, then nobody's going to stick around and nobody's going to recommend it to their friends. And that's really where you start seeing dramatic growth in your brand. So talk also, uh, Fallon, a little bit about consistency because this is, this is probably the most difficult part for people from what I've seen. And I kind of bit off a little bit more than I could chew when I started my show and decided to do three episodes a week. And it's something that I've been able to keep up, but it's not been easy to be able to do that. And so there's a lot of people that are like, Hey, I want to start a show. How do I get traction like you have? And it's like, well, how much time do you have? You know, yeah. Like, well, how often should I release an episode? How often can you commit to providing good content for your audience? You know, like, can you talk about consistency and how important that is? Yeah. So consistency is one thing that I've got right from the beginning because that's the only thing that I knew. Starting my social media building, right, is the challenge that I did. It was a 31-day video challenge. And that was the my, like my first dip of the toe in the water is you do live videos every day and actually a, a live video and a recorded video for 31 days straight or 30 oh. days straight. I'm sorry. So that's all I knew. And I was like, well, I just keep doing this. Yeah. Right? I created a lot of momentum in 30 days. Like, why don't I just keep going? A lot of people after that video challenge, like stop because they're like, oh man, whew, that was a lot I of work. Completed the challenge. Done. Yeah, exactly. Check. And I'm like, wait a second, I just invested 30 days of my time, all this time creating all this content. Why in the heck would I stop? I just created all this momentum. Now I'm just going to come to a you know, screeching halt. Like, no, right. thank you. Right. And so I just kept going. So consistency, that's all I knew. 
was every day, every day, every day, every day. So for the last two years, I've been doing just under two years now, I have done a live video every day for two years on Facebook. Wow. Wow. And in the last year and a half at the same time, 10 a.m. Eastern. Wow, that's incredible. No matter what. This to me is what separates the people who make it and the people who don't make it, to be honest. like There's some people that I know that at the beginning of my show, they were creating better content than I was Mm -hmm. creating. But where are they now? They stopped, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like the biggest thing is this, like Gary Vee always says, and this is something that I had screenshotted or downloaded a wallpaper or something that he had because I knew that this was going to be my biggest issue when I started my show. And that is one is greater than zero. Just that simple equation. I had that on the background of my phone for a while uh, when I started my show because I was like, look, Unless you already have an audience on a different platform or you're already famous in another context, then you're not going to be able to start something up and just have thousands of people flock to your content immediately. Like It's just not going to happen, even for Gary Vaynerchuk. And that's why he talks about one is greater than zero. Because even when he was doing Wine Library TV and getting 47 views per YouTube video, he was like, hey, 47 is better than having zero. You know, like If you have somebody that's willing to consume your content, keep putting it out there, keep improving on it and keep doing it on a consistent basis. And that will grow over time. It just will. But most people aren't willing to wait to see what the results are going to be over time. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And I would also say the growth comes from love the ones you have. So the ones that do, don't be like mad that you don't have thousands of views. Be like, like the two people that came on your Facebook live, like give them so much love and showering of attention that the people who, the new person that does come across your video, like, holy smokes, like this girl recognizes people. I Mm want to be recognized. And then they jump in the boat with you. And so love the ones you have. And that's where the growth over time and in the consistent action And that's really where the no like, and trust. If people can rely on me, people can count on me. They know I'm not going to flake off. And that translates into business. So that translates into my social media presence. They know that if, you know, like maybe I got their payment messed up or something. Like I have people like, Hey, sorry, I just want to let you know, like, it looks like, you know, the computer, like double process your payment. Like, Oh girl, like I'm not even worried about it. I know you're good for it. Like no worries. I have almost 200 five-star reviews on my page and that's it. Only mm-hmm. five star reviews, right. and that because I think I know is people can rely on me and trust me, and they know that I'm going to show up and I'm not going to just flake on them and disappear and be shady. Yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. And Fallon, I know that we've kind of sprinkled networking into this whole conversation because that's basically how you and I have done everything that we've done. But I kind of want to talk a little bit more about that specifically before we take off here. So this yeah. is the question that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. So I got to make sure that I get it in every single interview. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? It's really a kind of a hard one. <laughs> so I would say in the context of networking, I would say who you know because it's always about meeting that next person that might open a door towards another group of 30 people that you can network with. So if you can know, right? (laughs) So it's kind of like both, but I would say if you can know that it's always about the next person that you might bump into, that you might run into, you know, like I work with a lot of people in network marketing, I work with their teams. Mm -hmm. And just think if like the next person that watches my live video has a team of a hundred girls that I can help them with their social media, that's one person, that's, that's who, you know. Right. Yeah. Totally. And so I, I would say in that context that it would be about who, you know. So how important is it when you build those relationships to offer value first before you go into any sort of business? 
Yeah. So I want to let them know that I can deliver. And the way that I let people know that I can deliver, number one is all my free content. But then number two, like if I meet somebody who has a large community with influence is like, Hey, how can I help you and your team win? And I typically offer like a free Zoom call training for their team. Typically, if it's over like 50 people, I'll do a free Zoom call training with them for like a half an hour on a certain topic, typically like branding and attraction marketing basics, things like that. So that's 30 minutes of my time investing into, I know this is going to pay off. But even if it doesn't, if one or two of those girls started following me, like let's say everything else fell off, one or two of those girls out of 50 started following me and then they introduced me to somebody or they blew up in network marketing because my training or they just had a testimonial. Right. Like, you know, just all those little tangible pieces. We always think it's going to blow up after this one action. It might, it's little compounded things that add up. Totally. It's so funny. I was listening to an interview with Jordan Harbinger, who's now a friend of mine, one of my favorite. Well, probably the show I listen to the most is Jordan's show. He was on Andy Frisella's show recently, and I was listening to the interview, and they were talking about the same exact thing. And I was like, man, if it's true on that level, then I got to just be able to like get wrap my mind around it on this level because I was just like, man, with different people that I get on my show, I was like, man, this is going to be the interview yeah. that like, you know, puts me over the top and makes my stuff go viral. And it's like, you see a little bit of a spike, but that's about it. You know, like nothing else comes after that. And it's just kind of like, man, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Should I be doing something different? Like this is really time intensive. It's money intensive. Like there's a lot of different stuff I could be doing. And then it's just like, I listen to that and listening to somebody like Jordan Harbinger be like, Hey man, I thought that when I got Shaquille O'Neal on my show, that was going to be like double my audience growth and stuff. And he's like, I saw a little bit of spike, but nothing really. I don't know. He's just like, the bottom line is that people do that once or twice and then they stop because they don't see that you know, 10x of their audience in a day. It's just like, no, no, it's not about that. It's about continuously pushing your limits, continuously raising the bar, and then getting those little spikes, but getting those little spikes like 10, 12, 15 times a year. Whereas most people will get two or three of them and be like, because it didn't 1000x my business tomorrow, I'm done. That's stupid. It doesn't work. You know? And then they just chalk it up to luck. They'll be like, oh, Fallon, she's just lucky. You know, like she's just, just luck fell upon her and kissed yeah. her on the forehead. And that's why she has the success that she has. And man, it's, just, it's just so funny to see the reaction. If you had to boil down networking to one thing, Fallon, like if somebody's just tuning in right now and they just want one quick actionable takeaway about yeah. how to network more effectively, what would your one tip be? I got a good one. So, and this is, if you could understand this one concept when it comes to social media specifically, this one concept is everything is how do I do more of this one action? Every single time I'm like, okay, I want to network. I need to do this one action. And that one action is I need to get notifications in other people's little notification box thingy-majiggy that are not my current friends. Hmm. And that's it. How hmm. do I do that? And I, then I start brain... It's like that reverse engineering... So I know this is what the action that I need to do, get notifications and other people's notification thingy. And if that's on Instagram, if that's on Twitter, if that's on Facebook, if that's on YouTube, I need to get them notifications. How, what are all the different ways that I could get them notifications? And I don't, I typically don't go straight for the messenger because that's what everybody does is I want to let them know that I exist first, that I'm looking at their content, that I see them. Mm -hmm. And so that way my message has more impact when I do send it. Yeah, totally. I was just talking to somebody about that 
today, actually twice in the last week, I've had a couple people reach out and ask me if it's okay if they share their podcast in my Facebook group, which it's kind of odd, but I'm just like, Hey, you know, whatever helps you. Like if you think that's going to help great. But I was like, I will say this, if you haven't engaged in that group in the last month, Facebook's not going to like it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, because you haven't engaged in all that. So you can go right now, post a link, but it's probably only going to show it to four or five people. And you're probably only going to get one or two likes and probably nobody will actually click, click the link and listen to your podcast. So I was like, you can post it now. It's like, you can do whatever you want. And I appreciate you reaching out and asking me if, I, if it's okay before just like posting something. But I will say that if you take the next three or four weeks and engage in the group and post comments and likes and scroll through and read people's stuff and genuinely add value and then you post something, you're going to get a lot better response. And that speaks to exactly what you were just saying. I'm really glad you brought that up. And it's such a fantastic, super practical tip for networking online. There you have it directly from Balanzo, the expert over here for generating organic Facebook traffic. So Fallon, let's go ahead and move on to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. Ready? You ready? This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? I would say like zookeeper or something with animals, exotic animals. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I would say any large female entrepreneur, Oprah's always comes first to mind. Honestly, I don't have like a big grandiose of like, ooh, if I just had this one person, you know, that would just change everything. It's more so I just kind of put my own head and I want to become that person on the park bench that I talk to myself. And that sounds a little weird, but... Oh, totally. Totally. That's what I want. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? I like anything audio that I don't necessarily have to watch all the time. So I love audible books and things like that because I can do other things and be absorbing at the same time. What is a book that you've listened to recently that you'd recommend to the audience? Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I wake up at 7. I do not check my phone right away. I get up, make some tea, and then I jump into like, what are some actionable steps if there's anything around the house that I need to do? And for about two hours before I do my first live video, I get everything done that it's like, okay, I really need to get this done and this done and this done in my morning before I check my phone. What is your go-to pump-up song? I like anything beachy. Anything beachy? Yeah, like tropical. Oh, gotcha. gotcha it's gotcha. not much of a pump up, but <laughs> I like those steel drums. That gets me moving. <laughs> what is something that you're just not very good at? Math. And as we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Facebook. So if you search Lady Tribe, one word on Facebook, my business page, that is where I live and I hang out. And that is where I have the most amount of gauge and I spend the most amount of my time. Perfect. So everybody go check out Lady Tribe. If you're a dude, you can learn a lot by what Fallon's doing just by checking out the different things that she has to offer. And if you are a lady listener, definitely go check out Lady Tribe. Uh, Fallon puts out some really great content. If I didn't truly believe that, I, I wouldn't have had her on the show. So go check out her content, shoot her a message, say what's up, tell her that you heard about her here on Build Your Network. Fallon, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast chatting with you. Thank you so much, Travis. I appreciate all your time and all you do for everybody and all the entrepreneurs out there crushing it. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.